All right, so we're, we're encamped by angels. Did you know that? The scripture tells us that, and it is true. We are encamped by angels, and that's good news. But, you know, sometimes we forget that we are encamped by angels. You know, we just think of Holy Spirit, which is wonderful that he's in us and walking with us. He's beside us. He's that paraclete. But we also have ministering spirits, which are angels that we can send on the assignment that the Lord gives to us, not our own personal assignment. So we always, I, I'll probably repeat that several times because I, like I, was, I said last week, I would love to send the angels to my house to be cleaning while I'm here, but I cannot, that's not what this is about. It's about fulfilling God's will, not my own personal will. So I'm reading again from Psalm 34-7 from the Passion Translation, which is uh, our opening scripture that we've used each week until, you know, if, if you're like me, we'll read it again and again until we get it, you know, until we really get it. And uh, I, don't, I don't know about anybody else, but sometimes it takes the old gray matter a little time to really get it and then to get it from the head down into the heart so that it is now mine. So I'm reading Psalm 34, 7 in the Passion. The angel of Yahweh stooped down to listen as I prayed. Can you envision that? As I'm praying, he's leaning over and listening, encircling me and empowering me and showing me how to escape. And this is, of course, David speaking. He will do this for everyone who fears God. Now, that is a reverence of God. For those who reverence God, the angels will do that just for us. Now, I'm taking that for myself. I don't know about anybody else, but that's going to be my scripture because I'm believing the word of God is true for me. I need him to encircle me. I need him to empower me. I need him to show me ways of escape whenever I'm ensnared by something. And so um, this is good news. This is good news, and that's Old Testament. We're not even in the Gospels yet, which means good news. So um, the study of angels seems to be something that people kind of, um, you know, put on the sidelines like, mm, I'm not sure I want to deal with that because I know that there's a lot of New Age stuff around angelic beings, and, and I'm afraid I'm going to get in error. So we kind of steer away. But... Um, what we need to do is, is just foundation ourselves in the scripture. And that's, you know, because scripture is true. It, it never fails to be true. So there, I have learned there are over 300 times that angels are mentioned in the scriptures. 104 of them are exchanges between angels and human beings. So I would say that because the word of God is the inspired word of God, that God is trying to teach us something. Since he's mentioned something so many times, even if he mentions it once, it's important. But 300 times and then 104 where we see these exchanges. So we don't need to fear the study of angels, but we do need to anchor it in the scripture. So it's wise to use discernment when we um, have our interest in the supernatural uh, peaked or or are increased. Ooh, I want to understand. I, I want to know more, but I want to anchor it in the Word. So I have to use discernment, and 
Bethany's going to talk about that in a minute. Um, 1 Corinthians 12.10 lists one of the, the gifts of the Spirit, which is called the discernment of sp discernments of spirits or the distinguishing of spirits. So that tells us that there's more than one kind of spirit operating. So our intentions, I'm trusting your intentions, of course, is like the rest of us here, is that God would guide our steps in seeking his wisdom, making sure that we're not receiving any kind of information from ungodly sources. So tell us about discernment, Bethany. Well, I looked up the meaning to just give that. Um, suspicion in the Merriam-Webster is the act or instant of suspecting something wrong without proof or on slight evidence. Uh -huh. A state of mental uneasiness or uncertainty. Mm -hmm. It's also a cautious distrust, a feeling or thought that something is possible or likely true. Discernment, the ability to judge well in Christian context, perception and absence of judgment with a view to obtaining spiritual direction and understanding. Mm -hmm. um, something that I thought was also good is discernment is governed by love, for if mm -hmm. it is not, it's worthless, which uh, references 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. It centers us onto Jesus, the Christ and Lord, 1 Corinthians, and his good news. It directs us to scripture, not away from it, Isaiah 8, 19, and 20. It builds up the church and its members, Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, giving it power, wisdom, character, boldness, and unity. It helps create in us a love of righteousness, a heightened sense of sins, and a turning away from known evil. Discernment focuses on the unseen spiritual realm. Suspicion focuses on the natural realm. Don't you, don't you think that's where we get stuck? That's where we get triggered. Am I having discernment or am I having suspicion about what's going on? somebody's acting suspicious and I think oh I'm getting discernment but you've just made it clear so well, once again repeat the difference the difference here between discernment and suspicion discernment focuses on the unseen spiritual realm and suspicion right. focuses on the natural realm okay so then we're tripped up by what our eyes are showing us yeah, some, uh -huh. we're yeah. sometimes mm -hmm. like you can think, you can see something suspicious, mm -hmm. or let's just say you see yeah. something going on down mm -hmm. the street, or just see something with your natural eye, and you can maybe even go into judgment or just think, mm -hmm. oh, you know, I feel like there's something really bad going on with that. And discernment is feeling the nudge of the Holy Spirit letting you know mm -hmm. that something really isn't right here, whether it be in a relationship mm -hmm. or a situation or the Lord just letting you know this don't move here or yeah. in this direction or move in this or maybe if just with somebody, you know, that mm -hmm. something's not right, pray into the situation, but 
going back, what I liked about the scriptures is, you know, it's to edify, it's to build up, it's right. to pray into, and he doesn't give it to us for mm -hmm. bad reasons. He gives it to us to protect us and to help us. Right. And also to help the person that we're concerned about. Where I get tripped up, and I don't, I'm, I don't know if this is true for you, but where I get tripped up is where I have seen previous behavior and then now I see a behavior that's current and I can think to myself, mm-hmm, they're up to that same thing again. I'm suspicious that they're doing that same thing again when in fact I really can't judge the motive. And so that's where we have to come back to the Lord and say, Lord, what are you showing me here? You know, God's not telling on somebody so that they look bad. It just You just got through saying it. It's out of love. God is showing us something that draws our attention so that we can pray into it. But I want to remove my preconceived ideas. Well, he also gives us discernment for ourselves. Oh, so. <laughs> Or, yes. Or the situation. And, and so oh, yes. Like he, he will ask me, he'll say, uh, what was your motive for doing that? And I'm going, oh, okay. So he's <laughs> discerning that my motive was not pure. <laughs> oh, that was an ouch moment. Y'all can holler ouch. <laughs> or at least I will. <laughs> well, I think going back to something that you said mm -hmm. um, is just like, asking what he thinks about something yes. and that can go into the discernment because I know one time a long time ago I was asking mm -hmm. or wanting I was feeling kind of fitful so to speak mm -hmm. and I just was wanting to ask all these opinions from different people and mm -hmm. I just felt his nudge and him saying have you asked me <laughs> and I thought oh uh, so I just stopped and just got quiet and asked him what he thought. Have you noticed that he's really not real upset with people like we are? <laughs> and he's not upset with situations like we are. I mean, have y'all noticed when, when God speaks into it, there's a calm and there's a peace. I'm the one that gets my feathers ruffled. But just like you say, you ask him, well, Lord, what do you say about this? And then you'll just feel this, hmm, this knowing like all is well. He's not having a breakdown. He's not anxious. God has, he doesn't have anxiety about things. So if I check in with headquarters, if I check in with him, and I listen to him above my feelings. And that leads into uh, one of the things that distinguishes spirits. First of all, one of the things is the human spirit. What if I'm always programming myself toward self-rejection or not thinking too highly of myself? So therefore, I'm going to receive everything with that filter. So that's the human spirit. So what do I do with that? What do you do? What do you do when, when your mind is programming 
in such a way that you know is not biblical. What do you do with that? Just get at rest. Get um, ask the Lord what He thinks, right. and definitely checking with the Word. Yes. Because when you're discerning, um, if you feel confused by you know what's being said, or you've had a lot of opinions, mm -hmm. then you go to the Word and you go to what He's mm -hmm. saying. And there's, you're not going to get off by that. Right. So. I can think of times when we've ministered here to people that come for the healing rooms or, or, or just in our church body. Um, I, will, I might say to someone, can Jesus stand in front of you? Since he is truth, can he speak those words to you? So it, what it does is it challenges, just like what you just said, it challenges the person's mind to think, would Jesus say that to me? Well, no. Like, for instance, self-rejection. Would Jesus reject you? Well, not if you know anything about him, know anything about his word. So we, just like you're saying, we test it by the spirit. So there's the human spirit we deal with, and then there's God's spirit, and he always uplifts. Now he can correct, but in his way of correction, he uplifts. He's always encouraging us and pulling us into maturity and growth and knowing that we are loved. That's always his motive. He never comes off of the motive of love because his very essence is love. So we test the spirit. Is this God speaking? And then we have Holy Spirit um, that cooperates or moves with God's will. He's Holy Spirit's always teaching us about Jesus, who then is reflecting the Father to us. So they're always in unity with one another. But then we have to test whether or not we're dealing with an evil spirit, which is going to be putting us down, diminishing us, limiting us, um, causing us to feel bad about ourselves and other people, dividing. He's good about that. So God has a purpose in revealing himself to us, and that is what he's trying to do. And we're talking about angels, but I felt like the Lord said that we were to spend some time on discernment today because we, you know, people say, well, I'm not sure about this study on angels. I'm just not sure about that. Well, let's, let's learn how to discern. And so his purpose is to lift the veil of the unseen world to us. He wants to reveal things to us. There's like a, a very thin veil between the spirit world and the earthly plane on which we live. And so God wants to open or lift this veil to reveal to us his truths. I want the scales or the veil to come off of my eyes, off of my understanding. That's why we pray Ephesians 1.18, pray that the eyes of my understanding will be enlightened so that I will know what all he has for me. Um, 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 10 says, Yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature, a wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, the hidden wisdom of God, predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. For if they'd understood it, they could, would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written, oh, this is exciting. Things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard 
and which have not entered the heart, all that God has prepared for those who love him. That means that there are many mysteries, many things of that uh, spiritual world that he wants to reveal to us. I mean, when, when did you really spend a lot of time thinking about that you have angels that can be sent to minister God's will for your life? I mean, you know, somehow we just kind of put that way out there or over there on the shelf and don't think about it, but he's got mysteries. He has things to unfold to us. For to us, God revealed him through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. So he wants to prove to us that he desires that we see things as he sees. Don't you want to see? He says we can have the mind of Christ. Don't you want to see as he sees? And talking about discernment, don't you want to see as he wants us to see? He wants us to see people through the eyes of love, right? Yes. Right, okay. So, and he wants to pr protect us from the deception of the enemy that comes through an angel of light. And an angel of light is simply a spirit that's disguising itself as being good when in fact and he wants also to give us enlightenment so that we can help when we're ministering to people how we can diagnose what's really going on. Uh, we're learning, I haven't totally learned, but we're learning, aren't we, how to listen to people but listen between the lines, so to speak. Hear what the Spirit is saying. People will come in and say, this is my problem, and Holy Spirit says, no, this is the problem. And you didn't, you didn't know till he said, but he gives us the discernment. So, um, John 1, 44 through 50, is an example of detecting the human spirit. And I want you to, to share scripture in just a minute about um, how a demonic spirit was recognized. John 1, 44 through 50. Uh, it begins, Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good from the, come from there? Nathanael said. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is, there is no deceit. Another translation says there is no guile. Well, how do you know me? Nathaniel, Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. So Jesus is just looking across and seeing him sitting under a tree, and he already knows the human spirit. See, God wants to give us that ability as well. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Anybody volunteer for that? I'd like to have my eyes open to see those things. Yes, Lord. I'm raising my hand for you to see. Yes, Lord. I see several hands. Yes, I want to see. I want to see the things he wants to reveal to me. 
these greater things. Aren't you interested in the more? I am. I'm very interested in the more. So we see that this is the discerning of the human spirit. And Jesus saw that he, Nathaniel was a man without guile. Um, have you ever met people, um, and I'm sure you have, you've met people that instantly you knew that they were your brother and sister in the Lord. They didn't even have to tell you. You just knew it. You knew by the Spirit. Then you spend a little bit of time with them, and you just know they're good people. God lets you know because you, det you detect the human spirit. That is a gift that God gives us. So, all right, so share with us from the book of Acts. <clears throat> Acts 16, 16. Mm -hmm. 16 through 18. It happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave woman who had a spirit of divination met us, who was bringing great profit to her masters by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us and cried out repeatedly, saying, These men are bondservants of the Most High God, who are proclaiming to you a way of salvation. Now she continued doing this for many days, but Paul was greatly annoyed, and he turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and it came out at that very moment. So let's go back to Paul being annoyed. Do you think he was having a fit of anger? Or do you believe he was getting a download from the Lord? A download. Because we can, we can have an agitation in our spirit like, hmm, something's, something's not right here. So it, you could call it annoyance or agitation or aggravation or, I mean, we could give it lots of names. But, um, but I'm glad that there comes that disturbance. You know, because it's a flag being waved. Something's not right here. And we all can relate to that. But we have to be careful that it's not suspicion that we have preconceived in our minds. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, they're up to that again. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly what I expected of them. No, we want to detect by the Spirit. And there really is a fine line. Have you ever I realize that there's a fine line there, and it takes the Spirit of God to rightfully divide, which we're hearing and which we're seeing. So I want to be biblically normal. All right, y'all laughing because you want me to just be normal. But I want to be biblically normal. All right, what does that mean? That means the whole counsel of God. That means that it's not odd that I would work with, send out angels. When the word of God comes real to me and God is moving on a situation, I can send them out. That's biblically normal. Having angels to appear. Haven't we studied enough now to know that that's biblically normal? To detect a human spirit, that's biblically normal. To detect, as you read from the book of Acts, a demonic spirit. And sometimes it will come looking pretty good. Have you noticed? <laughs> sometimes they appear as an angel of light, where something will seem so right, 
but yet you've got that agitation going on inside, which is the Spirit of God saying, it's not what it looks like. I'm giving you a warning here that something is off. This is very off, and I'm letting you know. For our protection, not that he's telling on anybody. He really wants them free. He does. He wants them set free. So, uh, do you, you want to share something? Second mm-hmm. um, Corinthians eleven mm-hmm. fourteen um, shares that yeah. Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Mm-hmm. It means that Satan capitalizes on our love of the light in order to deceive. He wants mm-hmm. us to think that he is good, truthful, loving, and powerful all the things that God is. To portray himself as a dark, devilish being with horns would not be very appealing to the majority (laughs) of people. Most people are not drawn to darkness but to light. Therefore, Satan appears as a creature of light to draw us to himself and his lies. So in John 8, 12, again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Yes. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In Romans 13, 12, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Mm-hmm. I find that um, in my own struggles, and you Tell me if this if this is what you. I mean, I think we're, we're kind of sort of humanly normal. Um, that we have some of the same things. Is that I will reason in my mind about something, and when the angel of light comes, I'll think, well, that makes sense. You know, I'll, I'll start getting intellectual about it, and that's where he can skew my thinking, and I can think I'm right on because intellectually this seems right when it could very well be an angel of light that's sending me off course. So that's why we really need the Spirit of God to give us the wisdom that we're needing because we can miss it. And, uh, you know, we're constantly reminding ourselves here at Jubilee is, can we be deceived? Can you be deceived? Yes. The yes. moment that we think we can't, we already are. Absolutely so. That is so very true. And so, I mean, you know, maybe we don't want to admit it. You know, maybe our pride doesn't want us to admit we can be deceived. But we might as well go ahead and, and just confess it. I can be deceived. Okay, if I can be, then that means I desperately need the truth of God's Word. And even even after I've read his word, and yet my emotions are still kicking in and my intellect is still kicking in, I then need to have the body of Christ con- to confirm something to me. You know, like, this is what I think I'm getting. This is what I think I'm hearing. Uh, help me with this. What, what do you receive from this? And sometimes I'm way off, but boy, could I build a case. You know, and that's because an angel of light has come with his cunning ways to lure me. Well, this is what the majority does. Well, this is what science says. Or, you know, or this is what, if, if I don't do this, then I'm afraid. Ooh, there's a flag. 
If it's fear-based, you already know that you, uh, you're hearing from the wrong spirit, right? If it's fear-based. But we have to test these things out. We need one another, don't we? Oh, boy, do we need one another. And uh, I thank the Lord that I've got a daughter that serves the Lord and walks with Him and listens. And no matter how much she loves me, um, if I'm sharing something with her and I'm off, she'll say so. And I'm grateful for that. And I will. And it is. <laughs> yes. I'm thankful. <laughs> we, all right, we have, we have witnesses. <laughs> no, we have that wonderful exchange, and that's great. <laughs> right. Okay, we're having some fun here. This is mother-daughter stuff. But anyway, no, but it's good that we can have that exchange that, that though we're listening to one another and we might be caught up in the same, talking about the same thing that we're both interested in and then all of a sudden one or the other of us catches, mm, something's off base here. I remember years ago when our family was all in agreement that somebody... I mean, I won't even say what the relationship was, but it was very distant. And we were all in agreement that this person was just acting consistently in bad behavior. And so we were in agreement. So we just had us a coup going on here. You know what I'm saying? Because we all agreed. And then it just, Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, you know, if you took the same amount of energy that y'all are spending on all this agreement on the misbehavior and turned it to intercession... Oh, yeah. So, Lord, you can interrupt my program anytime you want to, to give me loving, caring discernment so that I realize we're off base. And so what did we do? I just said, okay, folks, from this point on, instead of complaining, we're going to turn that to intercession. And you know what? The change came started with us see we wanted we wanted it to be the other way around when they met our approval when their behavior met our approval but God said no start with yourselves correct your own attitude about it so Lord I just pray today for those listening in that <laughs> that something that's been said today would, would spark truth in their innermost being Lord we thank you that you want to give us your thoughts. We thank you for that. And we thank you that you've made a way because you said my sheep will hear my voice. Not selected ones, but all of us who call on the name of Jesus can hear your voice. So we ask you to, to clear up the reception, clear up our own human thinking, those, those um, dark voices that would, speak and bring interference we quieten them now in the name of jesus and i just thank you lord that you're bringing truth that sets us free in the name of jesus amen